Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. The show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corfrew. What's going on, revolutionaries? I hope everybody's been good. It's been a two-week hiatus. I had to go home and spend some time with my family, take care of my wonderful, handsome, intelligent, aging father. Uh, always a good time to spend some family time. It's, it is is what we need in this life. The irony of what goes on is that I am an only child. My father is an only child, and my mother is an only child. That's my family. And so when they need me, I go. It's an interesting time with them, seeing us spending time at the table, laughing, doing the things that we do, eating Chinese food, watching the chew, watching the talk with my father because he loves <laughs> to watch those beautiful four women talk intelligently about what's going on in the world as he falls asleep at the table. Talking to my mother back in the jewelry room uh, in our small but yet cozy ranch that she has set up her business for the last 27 years. Talking with her about life, talking with her about her sanity, her religion, her walk. It's been an interesting, and I keep saying that word, but it's been an interesting journey growing up with the Bertha Corporal. That's what she says when she talks to people. This is Bertha Corporal. I remember as a little boy hearing that over and over again, but not even but and it was this very stern way of introducing herself as if she was stepping into this presence, this power, this, you know, letting you know this is who I am. This is Bertha Corpru. <laughs> it's funny because now when I introduce myself, this is Charles Corpru. <laughs> and you would think I would have gotten that from my father, but I got that from my mother. This beautiful woman who has led me down the path of manhood. I talk about my father all the time, but I was raised by a father and a mother. A mother who took time to let me know that she was going to be the disciplinarian. That took time to make sure that my homework was done. Took time to make sure that in the summertime I had to wash the dishes and I had to mow the lawn. And when I was having issues with the women in my life. She was the one who took time to listen, to listen to everything that was going on with me, to say, baby, it's okay that you don't want to get married. <laughs> it's okay that you may make the decision not to be with this one, but you're going to find that. She is also the one who has accepted every woman in my life and made them their, made them her daughters. She loves Shauna. She loves Tracy. They are our family, but they are family because of her. And as we begin this journey this week to celebrate our mothers, celebrate the wonderful people that we have in our lives that have raised us, I want to say thank you to my mother. Thank you to all the things that you have given me, all the joy, all the love, all the laughter. And thank you for helping me be the man that I am today. And so... Me saying all of those things, I want to introduce my mother <laughs> to everyone who listens in to this show, this wonderful, beautiful, loving, spiritual, kind, reverend woman. Hello, mother. How you doing? I'm doing great, my <laughs> dear son. I'm so good to hear your voice. It's so good to hear your voice. You sound good, mother. You sound so good. And... um I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests, and you've done this before, and all my friends who are on my Instagram page have heard your answer, but Mother, what's your revolution? My revolution is a close to walk with the Lord, to love God, to show mercy, love God, and walk humbly with Him. Now I see that, and, and, and that's what you do every day. You walk humbly with him. Mm -hmm. Mother, it's so interesting uh, to have you as my guest, um, you know, to watch you as you do your walk every day. Um, but what I want you to do first, Mother, is to talk a little bit about your mother, my grandmother, 
Stella. You know, as we spend our time at home, we often laugh as she would call me Chucky. <laughs> and she would say, Bertha Dolores. Right. Bertha Dolores, tell me about your mother. Tell my people about Stella Lee Halsey Bryant. It, it's a joy to talk about my mother. She's Stella Lee Halsey Bryant. A very loving, a very caring, a very kind person who loved people, who loved doing for people, who would get out of her bed to go help somebody, even if it was only giving them her last dollar. Mm-hmm. My mother taught me that you must walk humble all the time. Don't ever feel like that you are above anybody because you are who you are because of the good Lord. She taught me that you must believe and that you must have faith in everything you do, and you must serve the Lord with gladness. Yes. My mother worked hard. She, we lived in the country, and she walked to school. She was a school teacher and taught school, but had to walk the country roads to school and teach and then come back and, and go in the garden every day to cook a fresh cook a meal with fresh vegetables, clean them. And she taught me yes, she that, that you 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 must be clean. So it's you go in the go in the garden, you get fresh vegetables, then you go and wash them until there's no dirt in the water. Everything <laughs> the water was crystal clear. Right. And then she prepared a meal to come to the table. You always had to say grace because she, she believed that we must thank God for the blessing of food. And then she prepared for the next day work, right. make lunch for me, my father, and for herself. And then she journeyed on down the little road <laughs> every day to work. Yeah. And then during those days about my mother, she didn't know how to drive, so she always got a ride. When she was transferred from the local school right in the neighborhood where she had to go in, in town into Columbia to school teach, she rode with her first cousin who had a car and who drove every day. They both worked in the same school, but she'd get up in time. <laughs> to do what she had to do for me and for my father. No doubt, Melton. And she believed that family was uh, important. No doubt. That you must love family, you must love God, and you must walk on my. You must walk. Mother, as you, as you expound a little bit more about uh, Stella, what was the greatest lesson that she taught you? The greatest lesson my mother taught me that you must always be umma and that you always must think about helping somebody, reaching out and touching people, the poor some, uh, and the needy. These are the things that are important in life and would get you a long way. Got you a long way. And she also taught me that you have to work hard for what you get in life. Nothing comes easy. <laughs> And the proudest thing you can have when you have worked hard and accomplished things, you can sit back and say, nobody gave it to me. I worked for this. Right, right. You know, it's interesting you talk about those lessons. And, and as we sat at the dinner table the other night, you said, you remember all the lessons that Granny, and that's what we called her, Granny, mm-hmm. what, what Granny taught you and how they were coming to fruition. You know, as a young mother, you know, as a young mother, and having a son, you know, the, the joys and trials and tribulations, uh, the fun uh, of having a son. What was that like for you, being my mother, as a, as a young mother? You know, my, my father being the older, the older elder statesman. <laughs> yeah, it was like, to me, a joy having a young son because we have always been very proud of you. <laughs> you 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 were as I think back eh, from from kindergarten, nursery school on up, we never had to say we had to go and get you out of trouble. You 
then seem to listen is going up as to the values that we that I taught you and things you should do. It was it, it, I was proud to have you as my son. I was proud to call you my son. I was proud to take my son places because you knew you, you behaved well. You remember your home training. It, it, at least that's what you know, mother. <laughs> yeah, well, at least what I saw when you were growing up. No, no, it was very interesting that you talk about values, the values that you instilled in me, family, love, yes. and I, I talk about that all the time, how that it's at the forefront of who I am, family, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how close that you and dad and myself are and the love that we show each other and that family comes first, uh, yes. no, no matter what. And... So being being that young mother, I remember traveling with you. That was one of the greatest things about growing up. We, as a family, made sure that we traveled the country. I remember going to Boston and Miami for the National Education Association and right. spending time with Aunt Shirley and Aunt Frances. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, you know, we just I just talked about us. Uh, being only children, but you made sure that we had fictive kin, that I had aunts and uncles who were at the house, and their children became fictive cousins. And, That's right. You know, growing up, it never felt like home was empty. You mm-hmm. and Dad made sure that you all provided a, a sense of cohesion and family that you know, made me be able to grow up, you know, with a sense of community, another strong value that I have. And so it was wonderful. What were some of the challenges, though, Mother, you know, of raising raising a young son? Well, there were challenges, challenges that I had to get up and get you ready, dressed, and Make your lunch and or give you lunch money to school and go to work. It, right. It, and then I had to work and probably sometimes stay back. But uh, but it seems to with prayer and I really didn't know the Lord like I know Him now. But I, I grew up knowing the Lord. But a stronger faith, I would say, that things seem to just always would fall in place. Even when I pick you up, and sometimes I could be real exhausted, but we still had to stop and see what the homework was all about. Mm-hmm. We had to stop and have conversation as to how was your day, what went on, what did you do in school, what did you what was it that you read in the reading groups, and uh, <laughs> what was your in math Web- in Miss Webster's class? <laughs> and uh, and so as time passed on, these challenges I had that I was always tired at the end of the day sort of eased off because it got to a point that I could come home and make take 30 minutes to just close my eyes and then get up and say, okay, put your homework on the table. Let's check it while I'm preparing dinner. Right. Because like Stella said, that was important every day. We sat and ate as a family yes, we and did. we talked together. Right. and. She taught me that nothing in life was too bad that you couldn't bring home mm-hmm. to talk about. No doubt. Don't let other people have to tell her what I had done or if it was right or wrong when I should have come on home and told myself she wanted she may created an atmosphere that you felt comfortable to come home even when you had done something wrong. Right, right. And I, that's what I created in here and this family with you. Tell me what's wrong, what's right. Nothing is too hard or too bad that you can't bring home. And we talk about it and iron out the problem together. Gotcha. And that's what family is all about. That's what family love is all about. And it's important that families sit down, eat together every day, fellowship, fellowship. together. Yes, I agree. You are listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Cooper. I have the uh, opportunity and joy and pleasure to talk to my mother as we begin our celebration of Mother's Day, celebrating the strong women that have made us the men who we are, having this conversation about family. Mother, my producer and friend, Rachel Graham, wants to ask you a question. I'm, I, I'm a little afraid of what this question might be, but go ahead, Rachel. Don't, Please do ask this question. Don't 
Don't be afraid. It won't be too bad. Hi, Mrs. Corfu. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing very well. So I have a question for you as the mother of a teenage son. My son is 17. Um, our situation is a little bit different. Um, his father and I aren't together. He lives with his dad, and I'm here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He's in Houston. And he's entering that 17-year-old phase, that, that 15 to 18-year-old phase. What was 15 to 18-year-old Charles like? And, and when he, did, he, did he do what I've heard all teenage boys do, which is just get to that point where he's, you know, they're kind of in their own space. Was he like that, and how did you deal with it? Well, yes and no. Okay. That teenage boy, um, Chuck knew that at that particular age, 15 to 18, that he was growing up but yet he was still in our household, and that he had to abide by some of our rules. Mm-hmm. And then on the second thing that I'm a firm believer of, in spite of their, their, them, their challenges and the peers and what they are confronted with every day, that we've got to reach out and say, Mama is here, kiss them. Show all the love you can. So much to show that mom is still my best friend and she loves me and, and she listens to um, what, I, what I'm going through because it's hard for the young men out here today. It's very hard because there's so many things going on in this world. I have a friend in Atlanta, a friend here in North, whose grandson was um, getting ready to graduate in, uh, with honors to go to LSU this past fall. And he just happened to show up at the park at the wrong time where there was robbery and drugs involved and somebody got killed. And now he's confined for life. And this is what you will find that they are challenged with. So my advice to you is try to establish a relationship Mm -hmm. with him to say, hey, you might have to go deep say, hey, let's talk about it. Let's talk about drugs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about who you choose as a mate as you grow along. Let's talk about foods that are helpful to us and that you must eat. There were things with Charles that he didn't like, <laughs> but I had to impress upon him and sometimes, you know, punish a little bit because I said to him, you've got to eat this. <laughs> Yeah, remember, yeah, I didn't like I didn't like peas in, in the long run. Te- yeah, you didn't no, like peas. No peas and mashed potatoes. Oh, and, and it, it was oh, the yeah. texture. He, the texture. He, he would literally regurgitate <laughs> what mashed yeah, potatoes. potatoes he man. says he was allergic. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, uh, I did the same thing. Exactly. He was allergic mm. to potatoes. It was, you know, it was the texture. I, I was it, allergic to liver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So, so so many stories in here right now. Um, first, but, uh, first. We couldn't understand. He could eat French fries. Oh yeah. I didn't understand that. See, that's like cognition, right? Right, right, right. No, so we had like you know creamy mashed potatoes when I was at when I was in, like in nursery yeah. school, right? Mm-hmm. right? They were like really, really creamy. I just didn't <laughs> like the. I, what I realized now is that I didn't like the texture because somebody didn't make your mashed potatoes right. That yeah. is not a normal mashed. Potato. Yeah, that, no. This it was. I was like, what is? Oh, <laughs> and, and it had no flavor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I didn't. Yeah, we didn't bring mashed potatoes into the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> but now she's like, oh, you like creamy sweet potatoes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so. Rachel, my yeah. advice to you, you say he's he's living with his father. Yeah. When do you see him? Not often. <laughs> Not, Not often, often enough. Yeah, we it's hard. It is it is hard because they're far away and my work schedule is crazy. I try to get to see him on weekends when he plays basketball. He's a basketball fiend. Um but I think that that's is the good. difficult. The, the, I think that's a difficult thing that he's not around the corner, and I don't get to see him all the time. So the, that separation is there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what? My answer to you, Rachel, is I like give it to the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give it to the little Lord. Pray. The Bible says, "Pray without ceasing." Ask God to show favor on your relationship with Him. Well, thank you. 
Favor is the word. In, in the Bible says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Always tell God you come in, in his name to pray about your son and pray about yours relationship and that you want a bond that nothing can come between, that he's going to listen to his mother, he's going to respect you, he's going to love you, and he was going to respect your values mm-hmm. of what that you want for him. Mom, I, I, I want to ask you, our time is beginning to run short. I okay. want to, you know, you talk about the relationship that we have, and I think that is that is very critical for people to hear, you know. Yeah. We have been able to develop a wonderful, not only a parenting relationship, because that role is a reverse now. I'm your daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, um, at least I'm my father's father. <laughs> but, um, you know, I remember, I, I think this relationship began really, really early, probably during my adolescent years, is that we began developing our friendship. And... Why do you think that, and, and, and when, so the better question is, when is it time for a mother and a child to segue, to move into that friendship relationship? Because we, you and I have talked about some of the, you know, the depths of what's going on in my life. You have told me about the depths of what's going on in your life, and that has bonded us so tightly and so firmly together. That's why we are so good together. Um, and that is why even now we talk about how do I as a son protect you. But when do parents begin that relationship of a friendship with their children? You know, my advice is you begin it day one. Mm. Even because if they're one year old, they're going to soon be talking. When they get two, they get to be terrible too. But by three, <laughs> we're training of the child in the way he should go. So that when he's old, he won't depart from it. You develop a relationship of holding hands and hugging and kissing and 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 bonding. So it's no, I say it's no set age that you really do it. If you start early, I'd say when your child enters public school, first grade, uh, maybe kindergarten there. Half day, but when they begin to go to the first grade, they are developing and, and they're going to meet challenges, Rachel, that, are, uh, that you wouldn't think that these children learn mm. because they learn at that early age that uh, if you hit them, they know how to pick up the phone and dial 911. <laughs> we didn't have that back in the nope, day. Nope, that was not an option. <laughs> that was not an option. <laughs> You gonna go outside and get that switchboard? Mm-hmm. My teaching experience: a grandmother brought a child to school because the grand kindergarten. She hit him because she was taking care of the young man, and she was determined that he was going to be disciplined. And he knew how to pick up the phone and cut down now woman who shows up with the policeman. Right. Right. So, but the relationship starts there when you start talking things. And we talked about a lot, mother. We have, like you said, we have talked about the sex conversation didn't come from yeah. dad. The sex conversation Everything. came from you. Uh-huh. My mother I, taught I me how to drive. Yeah. As you grow, because my mother did that to me. Yeah. My yeah. mother told me when growing up, she, when, and especially when I got ready to go to school as a young, only child, she said these things happen. You're gonna meet. Boys, and you all on a date. Named Charles. She was honest with me. You got to be honest with your children on what they're going to face, right? Yeah, and 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 that was the thing, mother. You know, the candid conversations that we've had over the years, um, just you know, being honest with each other, and 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 that value. So we talk about community and honesty and value. Those values. I mean, we have established such a wonderful relationship that that we do. We talk about everything, and there are things that I want to have from you. You know, but eventually, yeah, eventually so, we say, you know what? It's time to talk to my mother about this because at the end of the day, my mother's going to steer me in the direction. That's and it, right. And, and not only I'm going to steer you in the right direction, and you're going to do the same thing, right? You steer me in the right direction, and you're going to still love them. Mm-hmm. And then they will remember that my mother told me this. The older they get, they're going to remember this. Chuck remembers now. And at 77 years old, Rachel, I remember things more recently mm-hmm. in my challenges with my husband and all. Mm-hmm. What my mother told me, I think about how she dealt with my father, who was an invalid, mm-hmm. complete invalid. But trust, 
trust God and all these things. So start it mm-hmm. early. I tell you in the parent, if I had to do a workshop when to start, I would say the first thing you bond with your child. You let them know that they are the best things that ever happened to you mm-hmm. beside the good Lord. Mm-hmm. And my mother says that all the time. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. And right. then you let them know that they, there's nobody else in this world or any other child, Rachel, that's better than your child. Yeah. Because you gave birth to this young man. Mm. And I, I will say this, Mother, when I graduated with my Ph.D. from Tulane, my mother boasted to everybody, my son's a doctor. <laughs> oh, look, look. And she still, even to this day, hello, doctor. What I call it. <laughs> and this is my I son, was Dr. So Corporate. Proud, Rachel. Yeah. I was so proud that all these years that he came along him and he decided to move to New Orleans and go to Tulane. And, I, yes, I wanted him to go to, was it University of North Carolina? University of North Carolina, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he said that he wanted to go to Tulane. So I prayed about it and asked God that you the same God in, in New Orleans that you would be in North <laughs> Carolina and asked the Lord to help me deal with this. And it just eases off. When you've got the Lord on your side and when you know this, it he, it makes things so easy for you and your child. Train train up the child in the way he should go. Mother, I appreciate you. Look, this it's always a, a, a joy to talk with you, but this is quite interesting having you as my guest on my show. Mother, I love you so much. I love uh, you. It was good to spend time with you the last couple of weeks. You know, you are the matriarch. You give us... You make our system go, and without you, this system is broken. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for making me the man that I am. Um, tell my dad I love him, and I'll talk, I will talk to him later. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Be blessed, Rachel. Thank you, Mrs. Corporal. Have a good You have day. been listening to the What's Your Revolution show as we start our Mother's Day. Brother Mims, hold on for me, brother. We're coming to you. Want to hear what you got going on? You have been listening to this wonderful opportunity for a mother and son to have a wonderful conversation about what it's like for mothers and sons to grow together. Stay tuned. the park is back this thursday and every thursday until june 7th jazz in the park is back at armstrong park this thursday you can pick up tickets to this year's jazz in the park treme crab fest may 11th featuring loose ends loose ends and michael franks friday may 11th that's right jazz legend michael franks and r&b sensation loose ends performing at armstrong park for an amazing night of music tickets to see michael franks and loose ends on eventbrite and starting at 30 
$10. Get your tickets now to see Michael Franks and Lou Sands before it's too late. Dance of the Park Thursday Concert Series is now in our 13th season and good, clean fun. For more information about the Jazz in the Park Crab Fest or Jazz in the Park's Thursday Concert Series, visit armstrongpark.org or like us on Facebook at Jazz in the Park. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Armstrong Park or call 504-233-4ARM. wants to know. The Jazz in the Park Tremay Crab Fest featuring Lou Sands and Michael Franks is going to be a sellout. Get your tickets on Eventbrite before it's too late. Do you need help with a mental, addictive, or developmental disability? Are you uninsured, Medicaid eligible, or covered? If so, Metropolitan Human Services District is here to help. I am Dr. Rochelle Head Dunham, Executive and Medical Director for MHSD, where we provide expert care and resources to help you maintain your recovery. Make that first step. Call us at 504-568-3130 or visit mhsdla.org. MHSD is where we change lives. There's freedom at Liberty Bank. At Liberty Bank, you can now open a checking account online and gain immediate access to our many services. It's easy for you to go and keep track of your account at www.LibertyBank.net. You can even apply for loans or services on the go. Banking at Liberty, now 24 hours a day, seven days a week at www.LibertyBank.net. Bank at Liberty, there's freedom here. And don't forget to use promo code WBOK. Looking for that perfect gift for a birthday, an anniversary, or how about just to brighten someone's day? Mona's Accents is your one-stop shop for beautiful floral arrangements that are indeed perfect for any special occasion. Dedicated to quality, freshness, and customer satisfaction, Mona's Accents will surely take care of all of your floral needs. So stop by the shop located at 2109 North Claiborne Avenue or call us at 504-944-7001 and let us arrange and deliver your floral gifts. Again, that's 504 504- 944-7001 or you can order online at www.monasaccents.com Monas Accents freshness, quality and customer satisfaction guaranteed If you're looking for a way to make banking easier, look no further than Metairie Bank We're proud to offer a simply free checking account, which requires no minimum balance and has no monthly service fees and that's how we can Sign up for Simply Free Checking at Metairie Bank, and you'll get a free gift and more gifts when you refer a friend. Metairie Bank. Plus, you can put your savings on autopilot by signing up for Metairie Bank's Smart Savings Program. We connect with you. That's right. With Metairie Bank's Smart Saving Program, every time you use your debit card, you'll save. For a better way to bank and for more details on Simply Free Checking, stop into one of our branches or visit MetairieBank.com and discover how we connect with you. Metairie Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. WBOK, New Orleans. Welcome back to the What's Your Revolution show. I just want to thank my mama. If you've been listening, and you got to hear the wonderful words of the humble, as she like to say, the humble. Humble. The, uh, the humble Bertha Corpru, uh, the matriarch of the Corpru family. Brother Mims, what's going on with you? How you doing? Sorry for the delay, brother. Um, let me get a chance to compose myself because i uh, Hey, bro, you know, the uh, um, Archie Bell and Drells, I'm 64 years old. I look like my mom. My mama passed away at 84 years old two years ago. I'm sorry and, to hear that, brother. And, and it's okay, but I'm going to tell you something, brother. She made me a man. Mm-hmm. Like, everything you were saying, I was looking, listening to your mama. I was one of the best fighters in the world, uh, pound for pound. I trained with Muhammad Ali, and, I, you know, I fought 
and you know, people would, would ask me, who was the hardest fighter you ever fought, or who hit you the hardest? I say Pearl Mims. Who is that <laughs> little lady over there? And she made me a man. I was her firstborn. I, I named after my daddy, Junior, but I looked like my mama. And, yeah. you know, my, my friends used to fight me. Tell me, you look like a sissy. You look like a girl. I used to look at myself. I do look like Pearl Mims, you know? And so I, I, I sit down, bro, and I think about it. I tell my friends, and nothing like a mama, bro. Ain't nothing you, like you a know, mama. You know, when I, I'm saying this to you, bro, listen to y'all. I would listen. I say, "Hey, man, this my I, I, tears of mine. Not mm-hmm. not sadness. It was a joy. I had a, I had a mama. I, you know, and the love is still there. It ain't, love don't die. So, no. I, and everything your mama said, I did it with my mama. She said, "Look, when she was going, when I was going out, I was at my mama's house. And she said, you 'You welcome there, but you, it's under my rules. Hey, but when we left with the girls.'" They don't bring nothing back that you leave it with. <laughs> no <laughs> and, doubt. And last but not least, I, I, I stole a candy bar when I was in, in the, in the much later age. Uh, it was uh, it was about it was a, uh, a payday. It was about uh, fifteen cents then. Now that same payday is uh, is a dollar yeah, fifteen no cents doubt. now. Right. But the man said, "You that men boy, huh? You, you Miss Pearl, son. I'm gonna call your mama. I say call the police. Don't call my mama." <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, bro. I used to sit on my mama's lap, and when I'm with things right now, I'm six foot four, two hundred eighty pounds. Wow. I used to sit in my mama on my mama's lap when things were wrong, or were bad, and tell about my problems, and she always made me feel good yeah, because no, no matter what, she loved me. So with all that said, she brought me here, and she said, "I'll bring you, I'll take you out." So hey, bro, ain't nothing <laughs> like a mama. So hey, bro, I just want you to know, you know, I love you. I love, love you what too, you what you're talking about. And let me tell you something: when anybody got a problem with their mama. I got a problem with them. Man, you ain't lying. You have a great day, bro. Keep up the good work. You Just too, brother. Me, yeah? Thank you. I definitely will, brother. Take care, man. Thank you for calling. Wow. I know, right? You know, and, and it's funny because I posted a picture of uh, this is Bertha Corporal on my Facebook page. <laughs> and I look like her father. Melton. Mm-hmm. Melton was her, my grandfather. Mm-hmm. But she looks like her father, and we look we look very, very similar. But and I think you look like a, a combination. Of I do. As, as I've gotten older, my nose is spread. Yes. And that is, the, <laughs> that is the Charles Corporate nose. The that Charles is, Corporate That nose. is the Charles Corporate. It has spread. So, I mean, it used to be a little thinner. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, because you should see my father's um my father's first child from his second marriage, uh-huh. um, and she's got that corporal nose. I didn't know that you had a sister. Yeah, yeah, uh, I have a sister. Learn every something new every day. Yeah, yeah. We didn't grow up in the same house together. Didn't yes, she's uh, fifteen, sixteen years older than me? Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. But she's yeah, she now she she, she looked at it. Yeah, she looked like her daddy. <laughs> she looks, and so I look like my mother. And it's interesting, you know, commenting on Brother Mims and my mother was the disciplinarian. You know, and she likes to tell us if we had some more time with her. She likes to tell the story that my father, he liked being the ogre, the perceived <laughs> ogre, like the veil of, you know, you don't want your daddy to put your hands on you. Right. Mm-hmm. My mother, however, did not believe that. Don't say nothing. Don't no, uh-uh. My mother. <laughs> look, like, no, my brother, my mother grew up with the spoil the rod, you know, save the rod, spoil the child. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that was that that way. And so I remember when we would go down. As she said, go down home. That means we were going to uh, Columbia, Terrell County, okay. North Carolina. Okay. And if something happened, because, you know, my mother was nice. I wasn't always the best kid. You know, I was mischievous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boy, if you don't go out there and get that switch. right? <laughs> and I remember, you know, and everybody who's got a country mama will tell that story yeah. that I went out and got a small little twig. Mm, the beating was a little bit worse that day. <laughs> But you know what? The misconception about that that small switch was that it was not as bad. The thin switches were the ones that did the most damage oh, and left the marks. Left, <laughs> left, left the marks. Child Protective Services was not around back then. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's an interesting um, comment um, because people will tell you, um, especially my, my children's father's brother, um, would always say that I was the one to watch out for because I was, you know, borderline crazy. But I will never forget... Uh, one of the last times my my son was here for an extended period of time, he had been here for uh, spring break right. over Easter, and um, he simple stuff. I I was a disciplinarian. I you know kept things on lock, uh, but he was in like this 
extra learning program, the Kumon Center. Right. And uh, he had these little sheets that he had to fill out or whatever. Well, he would he would always try me. Every time he would come, he would try me. His father would say, okay, I'm sending him with his Kumon sheets. He's got to finish them. So I would always ask, do, you know, what's your work situation? Well, I don't have any. I'm like, okay, that's cool. All right, fine. So I, I'm on the phone with his father, and he's like, well, did he finish his Kumon? I'm like, this boy didn't tell me nothing about Kumon. We got into it so bad that day. My daughter tells the story all the time. We were living in a two-story townhouse, in a townhouse at the time. And um, that was before he broke six feet. Um, he was still a little bit shorter than me. Yeah. And um, and 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 so I had to yoke him up against the wall. Yo, I got a story to tell you. I had to yoke him up against the wall. And, and I was like... He was like, I don't understand. Let me go. Let me go. And I said to him, I said, my job as your mother is to never let you go. Right. And it didn't click for a minute until it clicked. And he was like, oh. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So similar story, I I remember. (laughs) You know, and and it it was that shift in transition. I had gotten bigger than my mother. (laughs) And I remember she'd gotten angry about something. And... You know, her, her usual mode was the discipline was, you know, something with. She took off a Daniel Green. She took off a slipper. Some, something to, you know, <laughs> to come at me, right? Right. And I was like, nah, bro, this ain't gonna happen like this now, right? So I, I look, <laughs> right? So I was like, no. I, I, I pinned her against the wall. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was like, no, we're not gonna do this anymore, right? No, uh, we're not, we're, this is not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> exactly. Right? Pinned her against the wall, right? So she knew, oh, crap, my son has gotten, Right, he's bigger than me now, mm-hmm. and he's stronger than me now. Mm-hmm. So you know the next words out of our mouth were, "I brought you in this world, I take you out." No, 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 no. So right. all right, what? I had just gotten my car. Oh, right. So I was, and I was about to go to work. So she was like, "Oh, okay. You think this was gonna work for you? Guess what? You're grounded. No car. <laughs> Damn it. You can hit me. <laughs> you know. So um." I'm joined by, you know, one of our beloved guests, you know, one of my good friends here in New Orleans, uh, a staple. You know, everybody knows this brother, proud father. Oh, right? that's right. That's right, proud father. Congratulations on the new boy. We've got Thank Kevin Toussaint Griffin here in the house. What's Whoa, up, brother? What you say there? Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm doing good, brother. I am I am doing well, I man. I have some stories like that, too. No doubt, no doubt, brother. So, look, I appreciate you joining us, you know, as we, we talk about this. But before we get started, you're uh-huh. listening to the Western Revolution Show mm-hmm. with Dr. Charles Corporal sitting here with uh, the Bayou, Bo- Bayou Lois Lane, Rachel Graham, and mm-hmm. Kevin Toussaint Griffin. We're talking about our mamas. Like Kev, that. tell me an interesting story about your mama. I have several. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, brother. Um, so I'll, I'll start with this. Um, it's not, a, it's not a, a, a particular story about my mom, but it's, it's, it's something that I, uh, I use when I talk about my mom all the time. So me and some some married friends and some some couple friends of ours, we were talking. My wife wasn't there at the time, but we were all talking, and uh, one of my friends brought it out. Y'all want us to be like y'all mama. And I say, hold on one second. <laughs> so let me explain something to you. I love Irajan Nicole Clark with all my heart. She can never be my mama, mm. ever. Right. I say, my mama loved me when I was unlovable. Mm. To a lot of other people. Right. When no one wanted to love me, my mama still loved me. I say, my wife love comes with a condition. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I may be able, I might have to do a whole lot to, for that condition to come up. But it still has a condition Mm -hmm. in some shape, form, or fashion. I can do one thing and it's over. I have literally, I'm blessed. I'm 33 years old. I'll be 34 at the end of the year. For 33 years of my life, to never see my mama not love me, mm. even when she's been disappointed, when she's been mad at us, but she's never not loved us. Mm. I got a question for both of y'all because, um, so I have the in- interesting position of having a son and a daughter. Yeah. The adage goes, mm-hmm. mothers raise their daughters and, love, and their love their sons. Right. Was that either of your experiences? Mm-hmm. I, not not from the sister perspective, mm-hmm. but it was both for me. Did you did you feel like Mama cut you some slack? Like <laughs> it was a little di- well, it was a little different for me because I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. So my mom oh had yeah, three. she had three before <laughs> me, so she dealt with me a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then also, and not so much as the cutting slack thing. 
I was more of a different child because I learned from my siblings' previous mistakes. Mm-hmm. I didn't do stuff that they did because I knew what came with it. Mm-hmm. And what came with it, like, was was very serious. So the stuff I got into trouble for was, like, small stuff that they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably in my life I've only gotten two whippings from my mom. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, because because <laughs> of that. Two whippings no, no, no. a week. Because. <laughs> no, a day in some cases. Because of me. Like, knowing that my mom did not play about certain stuff. So it was just stuff that I don't care how big I was. Like, I was one of the biggest guys in my neighborhood, like, kids-wise and Mm -hmm. toughest and all that. However, like, to this day, I'm 33. I am taller than my mother. I weigh my mom about, like, 50 pounds. I'm (laughs) taller than her, about Mm -hmm. five, six inches. I yet still do not, like, I am terrified of my mother. I don't don't ever get it twisted. I really feel my mama will still outbox me, mm-hmm. like to this day. Like so, I tell my wife that I'm like I've I've seen as a kid I saw my mom beat up two men, wow. two grown men. Wow. So wow. that's still stuck in my mind, and I am a grown man, and I'm only one grown man. So here's an interesting <laughs> point. Then there's this new debate that's come up recently about about corporal punishment. And I, I know where the three of us land on this, um, and that it, it leads to future abuse. That that people who beat, or pe- people who were children that were beaten or received, you know, corporal punishment, end up being abusive individuals. I think it's on how you do it. Yeah. And with with every with everybody in my in my life, um, the the my mom and her siblings. Um, we've all caught weapons either somewhere else. Now, funny, I say I only got two weapons from my mom, but I've received more. <laughs> my aunts. Yeah. It's a different story with my aunts. Yeah. But it, because it, although the discipline came, it came with love after. Mm-hmm. Before and after a lot of times. It's like I'm explaining to you, mm-hmm. you why you about to catch this whipping because I've given you several. And that's how I deal with my kids, too. There are several warnings before destruction. I need him to no, chime no, no. in. No, so this, no, no, no. And I see his face. But no, no, no. It's All your show, bro. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just listening. I said like, they, come with several, they come with several warnings. No, so here's what I'm saying. I mean, you got an explanation. You're going to get this because there was no explanation. <laughs> you about to, like, no, there's warnings. Yeah. There's warnings. The Bible says warning comes before destruction. <laughs> you got warned in some shape, form, or fashion. Whether you got warned today about it, whether you got warned two years ago about not touching this particular thing, and then yeah. two years later you decide to touch it, yeah. your warning big came. Yeah. So, like, there's, I, I, I I put I whip my children. I have no problem in saying that with no problem. And they'll tell you, yeah, but I still love my kids, and yeah. my kids know I still love them on how I deal with them. You know, it's I got to be balance. Yeah. So Charles, go yeah. on because I feel. Yeah. So I, I I didn't get a warning. I woke up in the bathroom one time. <laughs> I started the conversation in the uh, in what we call the study. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I got to the bathroom. <laughs> and I remember just waking up there, like, what the. <laughs> What just happened? That's um, more my brother. What was that the conversation that she had to I don't, deck you? <laughs> Look, that's my brother. Here's the thing. This, you know, and here's the psychology of it. Okay. Right? Um, my mom was working through being a black woman in the in the in the seventies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and we all know the struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, as my my mother said, my grandmother and the struggles that she faced. My mother also faced a tremendous amount of struggles trying to raise a son, love a husband. On a teacher's salary, yeah, right, and the struggles of that, and there was a lot of frustration, and I, you know, a, a lot of frustration. Things weren't all, you know, and I'm always vulnerable. Things weren't always the best with my father, mm-hmm. right? They've been married 53 years. Anybody tell you you've been married for 53 years? It ain't always it. Look, it ain't always the best, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And and both of them will tell you. And, and the luxury that they have now is that they've been able to grow and love and mm-hmm. be a part of this together. You should see them now. It's hilarious. <laughs> but those struggles that they had. I think, you know, my mother internalized and sometimes, the, you know, I got the brunt of that, yeah. right? As she said, I wasn't a mischievous child. I talked back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, what, what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's this about? But the the one thing, as I said earlier on the show, is that my mother and I developed a, a, a relationship, a friendship. My mother talked to me about stuff. I was like, yo, why are you talking to me about this? Yeah. But 
it was my mother's way of saying this is who we're going to be for a lifetime. Right. And as a young boy and then as an adolescent, I was like, oh, okay, well, we, this is just us. But as a grown man now, mm -hmm. those conversations were the <coughs> bedrock mm -hmm. of our relationship and the bedrock of how I have comported myself as a man. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think daily that the window for me to have children – yeah. Is, is closing or closed? Nah. Not for a man. The nah. way y'all grow. You know. Um, Abraham was 105. No, just like, I'm just saying. Know, I, mean. oh, <laughs> I, I don't know how it's going to roll. I, I still think about what, what that discipline is actually going to look like for me. I don't know. My father had this, like I said, he was the big ogre. He would tell people all the time he was six foot. Kev, my pops is like five nine, right? And now he's done so he's like five six, right? But, he, but I still had in my mind, you're six foot because I wasn't. I didn't know what six foot, you know. Yeah, I didn't, con yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, now I'm like, why you been telling everybody you six foot? I just needed you to know that I was six foot. <laughs> but there was that fear that my father, you know, he was a principal. He was former military. So he had this presence about him. You know, my mother is like, uh -uh, I don't got that presence, but I'm going to make you know. I'm going to make sure you know. But on the flip side, I say all that. My mother had a hot meal. My mother loved on me. She kissed on me. She told me every day, boy, I love you. Right. You are my child and I'm going to provide for you. And I, my mother, she didn't say it, but there was days she went to work broke. She gave me her last dollar so I could have lunch. Her last dollar. Yeah. 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 You know, last dollar. So I could have I could eat that day. I could have lunch. If she was going to work, she had to figure out how she was going to eat. You know, that, that's, that, that's a mother's love. This goes back to the conversation I had with my friends. Like my wife could never be my mother. Like I would have to do that for her. For my wife, right? I would have to give my wife my last, mm -hmm. and to, like my my mom would do that for me. Like mm -hmm. my mom worked. My mom had four kids. She worked three jobs. She would get up at two thirty in the morning to get a taxi or catch the bus to Tasty Donuts right here mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. Esplanade and Broad. Right. Um, she would be the one to cut and drop donuts early in the morning. So she would do that until about six forty five, seven o'clock catch the bus back to the St. Bernard project, shower up, and then work in the project, like cleaning empties and, and different maintenance work mm -hmm. and stuff like that. She would do that from 8.30 to 3.30, finish that, and then walk to um, walk to the Lakeview area to clean five or six huge homes for these rich white people mm. Monday through Thursday. And on Friday, she would only have to do two of them, and she would have to do that. Every day, and then come home and make sure we had a meal. I got make a question sure we, for you. Yeah, was your mom a single mom? Yes. And so, yeah. I want to hear from you as the son, <clears throat> because there's another debate around the ability. I know I'm taking over your. No, nah, that's fine. You do. Um, <laughs> you're a mother. But yeah, <laughs> no. But that's. A, it was great that you did that. And so, there's this debate around the ability of black women to be able to successfully raise productive black men. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your experience and what your thought is on that? Because I know you're you're really conservative. Yeah, <laughs> on certain stuff. On certain yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, talk yeah. about your experience and then, you know, what would your reply be? I um I am I'm a person that does believe in a two parent household. Um I love it. Mm -hmm. I, my, me and my wife, we raise our three children um together. Granted I don't but it also, m me growing up in a single-parent household, like, lets me know, of course, that that works. Now, it's much easier with me and my wife. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the reasons I believe in it, because it's just an easier road to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's crazy. Like, my mom, and my mom did it without child support. Mm. My mom mm -hmm. did it without food stamps, because we grew, I grew up in a time where there was no sliding scale for food stamps. You either got them or you didn't. My mom made $31 too much every year mm. to receive food stamps. Oh, we never wow. we never received food stamps. My mom will tell you this is that she never received food stamps. She didn't receive food stamps until after the storm. Like emergency food stamps. That was like our first time wow. like receiving them. So four kids, three jobs, no public assistance. No pub well, we, well, we stayed we, in the project. Stayed in the other, project than that, no other than that my mom because my mom worked. Mm -hmm. Mom was never leaving. My mom right now, she had to retire. Um because of a medical issue and she's still like trying to do something she coming by like what you got you need me to clean up the house you know? <laughs> like come out of studio y'all need me to do something over there like my mom is not that she's a hustler yeah yes indeed that's and that's where i get it from mm -hmm. like that's 
I can't sit down and do nothing. Like y'all remember me when I when I had my broken ankle. Mm, like it was I still you. like it was it just, killing just, him. Oh my god, sitting on that couch for that long. But like, like just back to your point, like um, I think that's astronaut and crazy. Whoever whoever came up with this study has never. One has probably never stepped foot into the black community. Mm-hmm. But I'll whatsoever. say this. It's actually people within the black community that are saying it. And okay. it's, and, oh, and the skin folk ain't your kid. <laughs> uh, I'll say that. Right. And, and there's a, there's wow. a, there's, there's but you, better. but Charles, you've heard of these things where yeah, they're talking yeah, about that, that that's always the lean back on. Well, the reason why there's all this problem in the black community is because of the absence of the black father. And I know too many examples. I was trying to get Flo to call. Oh, um, man. Because, what? because My that, God. You you the bomb. You are the bomb. He but these these varying experiences yes, of black yeah. men. His mom. I don't know how old your mom was when she had. But his mom was a young young mother. My mom was fourteen when she got married. Fifteen when she had my sister. She only got married at fourteen because she was forced. He was forced to marry. It was a shotgun wedding. Like mm, I would have shotgun my him my, my step. <laughs> and, you know, of course, it's a different time. My mom was working at fourteen too. She was working at thirteen fourteen. My 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 mom's stepdad was like, oh, okay, you got my daughter pregnant. All right, cool. When y'all get married, mm-hmm. like that was how it was. Like it was just like you're not about to just play house, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. yeah, and I was the last one. So mom had me at like twenty something, early twenties, and I was I was number four. So wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know we could one. we could. We could spend all day talking about oh, our mama, what? you know, talking, <laughs> you know, and we need to at least, at least give a shout out to the mother in the room. Yes, Lord. You no know, idea what I'm yeah. <laughs> to the mother in the room. I, Rachel, I know that you travel abundantly, yeah. and when you can, to see your, you are your children's biggest advocates. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> loving them, uh, vi- we say vivaciously, uh, from your your places, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. so I am grateful to watch you be a mother. To your children, you. to my soror Morgan, to your son, the the elite basketball star. Mm-hmm. Because without mothers, you know, the bur- the burden always falls on mamas. We can we yeah. can walk away. Yeah. The burden the burden falls on mama. So we say thank you, Rachel. And I want to yeah. say thank you to all of the mothers out there, to the Emmy De Costa Gomez's uh, out there. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite mothers, Emmy. Love you. Uh, to Heather Carlos, who is doing a tremendous job with her children. Just to all the mothers out there who are doing an amazing job. We thank you. We love you. We wish you a happy, happy Mother's Day. And uh, for all my listeners, I hope you have a great weekend. And always, always be able to answer the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? We'll see you next week, everyone. Take care.